This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Osteoporosis is a loss of bone density among aging adults that can cause painful fractures, disability, and deformity. Now, it's usually associated with aging and, but, and with women, but it's a disease that can affect both men and women of any age. And it can be devastating because you often hear about an older person having a fall and too often the end result of that fall is that the person dies. So the good news, though, is that there are a number of medications for osteoporosis and a healthy lifestyle can also make a big, big difference. So I'm here now with our trusted contributor, Billy Chung of the Ontario Pharmacists Association, and he is going to tell us how your pharmacist can help you with the prevention and management of osteoporosis. Before we hear from Billy, I'm going to give the numbers out so you can call if you have questions for him. The numbers 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-744-740. Billy Chung, welcome. Hi, Libby. Nice to be here. So what are the usual medications for osteoporosis and how should people go about recognizing it and then managing it? Yeah, I mean, uh, as you indicated, there's a there's a big issue with osteoporosis in the fact that if if somebody has the the, the disease, the brittle bones, it puts them at risk, right? Falls and things like that, especially with seniors, can uh, result in, as you indicated, death. It also results in, if it's not death, people going into homes. It really affects your lifestyle. It's just not something you want to do, and it's very preventable. Right. Loss of independence. Yeah, loss of independence. So a few things without before even starting the medications um, that uh, everyone can look at is uh, some regular exercise. So after speaking with your doctor, uh, that's important. Weight-bearing exercise, it helps to build the, the bone strength, the muscle strength, prevents those falls and things like that. Um, obviously... Is it only weight-bearing exercises or are there, there are other kinds of... Uh, um, you know, stretching type exercises that will help. You know what? All exercise helps because when you, as you age, the uh, that that ongoing activity will help you in terms of both your flexibility, your just your overall um, wellness from your body in terms of taking on that exercise. So, it, it, like walking regularly, and that's one of those types of things that are recommended for for uh, for people just as a prevention as well. So, um, those types of things, and then. Always as uh, speak with the doctor regarding any type of exercise program. So we're not talking really intensive, you know, like lifting weights and things like that. When we're talking about weight bearing, we are talking about walking types of exercises that requires your bones and your body to basically keep active and moving. Okay. So uh, also a lot of people, especially women at a certain age, start getting these bone density tests, tests. where you kind of lie on a machine. Yeah. 
And uh, I'm trying to think. I think I had one that was just kind of a, a baseline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's different ways of doing it, but what happens with osteoporosis is, and if people understand the uh, the bone, as although it looks like it's a hard structure, it's actually living tissue. And so what happens with your bones on an ongoing basis from birth until you're, you're, you're very old is that your bone regularly removes basically old dead bone tissue and it puts new tissue back. And as, when you're young, that's it's a very balanced process, okay, which means what's removed gets put back and it's, it, it keeps the bone strong. As you get older, that p- balance is not there as much anymore. And when the balance is really off, meaning basically you have more taken out than what's put in, um, you get what's called osteoporosis or brittle bones. And the bone density tests, what they do is they do a bone scan and what they look at is, okay, well, how how dense is your bone? Are they uh, strong? Is it is it uh, solid or is there holes in it? And if you look at some of these scans, you can see some some people's bones may look like Swiss cheese. There's there's gaps in it because what the body's done is taken more out than put back in. Um, and that's where your your doctor, if they find out from these tests that your bones are brittle, is that they will need to put you on a routine, put you on a specific diet first with supplements. Usually that's calcium and vitamin D, um, and then medications as well to look at seeing if we can find that and fix that balance a bit. Uh, to prevent any further bone loss. Okay, and what are some of the medic- medications for osteoporosis? Well, there di- there's different classes of medications. Some of your listeners may have heard of at some point in time people taking, for example, hormone replacement therapy at one point in time. Uh, that would be like things called, like they might know it as uh, conjugated estrogens or Premarin. Um, it's still used to a certain extent in some people, with, but uh, because of some risks that were discovered a number of years ago, it, uh, the use of that has reduced, okay? Um, the main drug now that most people are using is called a bisphosphonate, okay? Uh, some listeners might know of it as uh, a Fosamax, uh, Actinel, um, those types of medications. And what they do is actually affect that um, the substance that starts removing the, the, the things from the bone. Basically, it slows that down. In other words, the breakdown of the, the bone is slowed down by this medication. Um, so many listeners are likely on one of those types of medications right now. And what are the side effects? Uh, you know what? There's actually not that many fi- side effects with these types of medications. It's fairly well tolerated. You have um, people, when they get on it, they might get a little bit of nausea, stomach upset, that type of stuff. Um, but once their body's kind of balanced with it, most of our, our, our patients that we see are pretty good in terms of overall on it. They get their regular checkup from their doctor, and the, the medication is taken basically either daily, uh, weekly, and even monthly now. It's interesting, you know, just yesterday I was talking to somebody who actually works here, and uh, she has osteoporosis, mm-hmm. and she's af- afraid to go on those medications. What would you say to her? It's, uh, at the end of the day, it's a, a risk balance, right? And uh, depending on your uh, test results from a bone density, uh, and it may be even family history, things like that, uh, the risk of, if just think about it, just brittle bones and things that, uh, you know, just a simple, we're not talking big falls here from people or like uh, significant um, uh, accidents. We're talking about just minor accidents and the bones are so brittle that they can break easily. And, and the bones are usually of concern is the hip, the spine, and the wrists, right? Um, if your bones are brittle enough and that you have been diagnosed with diagno- uh, osteoporosis, I would suggest that there's probably a strong consideration that the benefits of taking that medication outweighs the small risks that they may pose. Yeah. And, you know, you're talking about people falling. Yeah. But... With osteoporosis, 
they fall because their bones have broken. It's not you fall and break a bone. It's your bones are so brittle that your bone breaks or fractures, and then you fall. Uh, it's a combination of it can be both, right? Like you, you yeah. can fall, and that can cause the hip fracture. That's a, that's a big one, right? But it could literally be because your bones are so brittle, you can bump into something with your arm, and that could cause an injury as well, right? It could not necessarily be a fall that uh, does that. And, yeah, the brittle bones, they could actually just from very minor bumps and bruises cause that to happen. So really, you just got to watch out, right? Um, and there is a way to prevent it, right? So uh, calcium intake. So usually we recommend that. Realistically, most people can't get the diet from, uh, get their calcium from their diet. Very difficult. Uh, so when you talk to your pharmacist, most of the time, the recommendation usually is a couple of tablets of calcium, 500 milligrams each day. And that helps to top you up. It's almost like an insurance policy if I were to view it. It's, it guarantees you at least some calcium on a daily basis. I've, I've seen studies that have uh, that have uh, disputed the need for extra calcium depends on your diet I mean yeah. I think you see the studies I mean obviously just like any type of lifestyle changes we think okay exercise and healthy eating if you can do it 100% fantastic that's probably the best way to do it um, but again how many people do you talk to that can get their uh, their milk to at least two glasses of milk a day along with other foods that contain calcium in there, right? Um, leafy green vegetables. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, a fish, things like that. You can get access to it from sardines and things like that. But it's still challenging with people with lifestyles. They're busy. They're doing a lot of things. It's very hard to do, right? That's what we see. And so the calcium is recommended when we know that they're not able to get that intake. Um, vitamin D, that's uh, also something that's important to help with the calcium absorption. And uh, again, it's something that, you know what, if we get enough sunlight, people are outside regularly, definitely in the summertime, things like that, fantastic. Um, But when you look at our long winters and things, uh, and also shorter hours, again, people aren't getting necessarily that sunlight needed to get access to that vitamin D. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Welcome back. I am here with our trusted contributor, Billy Chung from the Ontario Pharmacists Association. We're talking osteoporosis, but he's happy to answer any of your questions. Before we get right to the phones, I'll give the numbers again, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740, and Cynthia in Scarborough. Hello. Hi, Libby. I have a question regarding uh, calcium supplements. Uh, For many years, I and many of my friends and relatives were all about the same age, started taking uh, the calcium supplement Caltrate, and uh, we're taking it three times a day. And then a couple of years ago, we heard that it was very harmful to be taking these calcium supplements, so we all stopped. As a matter of fact, in my doctor's office, any brochures regarding the calcium supplements have been removed from the shelf, and she will not allow them on the shelf. And she, too, agrees that calcium supplements are very dangerous, but I've never understood why. And what, what kind of supplements would you recommend that we take? Yeah, that's a, it's, a, it's a good comment, Cynthia, in terms of um, uh, the various supplements. And the, the challenge with supplements is when they say good or bad, it's very hard to do a study on them because it is, it's not like a, 
uh, it doesn't work like a drug in terms of doing these studies. Um, so uh, as far as I know right now, there's not very many options in terms of supplementing uh, the need for your body to have calcium outside of your calcium tablets uh, or through diet. So well, as we, What kind of calcium tablets are you referring to? They are calcium carbonate tablets still available in the pharmacy, still available uh, for you to purchase. They're under various different brands. I can't recall specifically what would have happened with the caltrate that caused it to say it's uh, bad that people are pulling them off and, and brochures. Well, they were talking about uh, bone calcium and blood calcium, and it was affecting something that it should not have. Hmm. Interesting. It may be something that I can look up and, and take a look for, for next time. We can, we can chat on this one here. Um, but there's diff- there are different types of calcium, but primarily the way that calcium works and the different types that you see in the pharmacy uh, would be how well they're absorbed in your body. So there's some that your body may tolerate better. There's some where maybe some people are getting more side effects. Uh, and so if you're having side effects from one of them in terms of, like for example, stomach upset, things uh, blocking you up and, and so forth, then a pharmacist may recommend switching you to a different type of calcium that is better absorbed and tolerated. Now, um, I understand that with the calcium that you should have a certain amount of magnesium to go with it. Yeah, there's some um, uh, some calcium-magnesium mixtures in that as well, and magnesium is also good for your, uh, your your system and health as well. The magnesium in there is used by your, your body and your, your energy cells, basically, that, yeah, uh, that's in there. I've been taking the natural calm, and I've really found a difference in, in a lot of things. The natural calm. That has calcium in it as well, I believe. Does it? I think so. If I, I think there, there is one that's a mix of both. Yeah. But, uh, I'm reluctant to take any calcium because we don't know what type to take. What you should do is go and uh, chat with your pharmacist. Also, um, chat with your doctor just around your bone density and see what your risk is and, and your osteoporosis risk itself because that will help to uh, evaluate your need for the calcium or whether I your diet will have. I go every two years to have my bone density checked, and I find that every year I have a reduction of about 3%. Mm-hmm. That's, that's probably normal. Yep. And the doctor yeah. says, no, that, that's about how it should be. Yep, so. that's the balance of your body in terms of breaking your bone down and At as you age. At what percentage should we be concerned Ah, that I, one I don't know. That one's oh, the doctor to evaluate okay. the bone density. <laughs> it sounds it like you, it sounds like you're doing fine. Have a chat with your pharmacist about a type of of calcium, Cynthia. Thanks for your call. Okay, thank you. Bye bye. Bye. Kenneth in St. Catharines. Hi, Kenneth. Hi. How you doing? Fine. How are you? Very good, thank you. I just wanted to explain that I always thought that osteoporosis was a woman's problem. Until I cracked the rib a few weeks ago. Oh no! Sorry to hear that. Remi- then I was reminded by the doctor that men can have the same problem too, and they should, you know, think about once in a while verifying it just to be sure that they don't have that problem. I guess one in five men is liable to have osteosporosis, and I happen to be one of those candidates. I'm not overweight. I'm underweight actually. And that's the big problem. Either overweight or underweight, you can have that problem. It's a, it's a good comment, Kenneth, and definitely uh, it's a disease not just of women. The stat I have in front of me here is that one out of every four women, so definitely more common in women, but yeah. it's one out of eight men, and this is for people aged 50 or over in Canada, uh, are, are uh, estimated to have osteoporosis. So it can happen, and that's why this, uh, you know, the diet intake of calcium prevention. Another one is stopping smoking. So if somebody smokes, that also puts you at risk. It helps. It, it, it's not good for your bones either. So all those types of things help to reduce that risk for osteoporosis. Men and Absolutely. women. Absolutely, but I found also that according to the doctor and the druggist, that taking vitamin D drops 
and then calcium, the vitamin D opens the bones. I expect to receive the calcium, and it makes it much easier to handle because I have, do not have a good tolerance with milk, which would be via calcium. And so by taking this vitamin D drops and then calcium on top of that, it seems to make the job okay. Yep, the vitamin D helps the absorption of the calcium in your system. So it make, it's supposed to make it work better. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. You do a good job. Okay. Thanks very much. Take care. Okay. We've got Daphne in Mississauga. Yes. How are you? Not too bad. Thank you. Do you have a question? Yes. I would like to speak to the doctor regarding Actinel DR. I was on it there for, I took three pills. Now, the second one, I didn't realize it was a pill, but I got dreadful diarrhea at 3.30 in the morning. And then I took the third pill the following Wednesday. And in the morning, I started feeling my neck getting very stiff and sore. And by evening, my arm and my leg were bothering me. When I got up Thursday morning, Friday morning, I could hardly walk. It was as if I had a sort of slight paralysis. So I couldn't do anything. Hello? Sounds like uh, Daphne's cut off, but I can. Uh, but you can try answer, answer her question. Yeah, it sounds like she has uh, experienced a number of the side effects. So we talked a little bit about the nausea, stomach pain, and the uh, the diarrhea. Those are um, potential, more common side effects that can uh, that can uh, a person can have when they're on something like an actinel, as she indicated. Um, the other side effect she talked about was the the joint and muscle pain and, and so forth. That's not as frequent, but has been reported with this type of a medication. So uh, it sounded like she said she had it three times or three pills. I would assume that she would have stopped and either called her pharmacist or their doctor and, uh, and followed up. Most likely, uh, especially because she got the muscle uh, component of it, is that the doctor or the pharmacist would have recommended a switch or change or try a different type or different version of, uh, of the medication. And could it just be that the dose had to be adjusted? Uh, potentially, but the, uh, the Actinel DR is a, it's a delayed release. So again, switching it to a different kind just to see what happens. Uh, it's hard to say in terms of the side effects. And how dangerous, I mean, uh, how, if you start to have side effects, how long should you wait before you, you know, deal with it? Typically, uh, so for the stomach upset part, I, the pharmacist usually will tell you when you're being prescribed it that you may get some stomach upset. Uh, if it goes away, and this is when your body gets adjusted to it, maybe in a, in a week's time or one or two weeks or whatever. If, it go, if it's not too severe and it goes away, then not a big deal, if you, right? Um, if the pharmacist tells you, the pharmacist would usually also tell you some of the more severe side effects or infrequent ones, and this would be like the muscle pain. The, that type of thing is not as common. If that happens, you want to get the call right away. We want to at least look at an address. And a way I would say it is that at any point in time, if you're taking medication, you got a question, it doesn't hurt to wait. Like, it, it, it doesn't hurt to call the pharmacy. Don't bother waiting, right? Call the pharmacist. They're yeah, really accessible. You get your answer quickly exactly. then. Exactly. Okay, Simone in Toronto. Hi, Simone. Hi there. Um, I, just, uh, I take Actinol. I've taken it for a few years, quite a few years. And um, I find that I have, um, now I read something in the instructions about esophagus, uh, um, you know, I have a feeling of, like a heat or, or pain, a bit of, uh, it, I don't know if it's the esophagus or something somewhere in the throat. And, uh, you know, I just wonder whether it might have to do with Actinol. 
So what you probably read is one of the things with, uh, with actin on these bisphosphonates is that there's specific ways to take it. And so when you take it, usually you need to make sure you take it with a full glass of water. Okay, you're taking it in the oh, morning. Oh, I never take a full glass. I take, um, you know, a quarter or half. <laughs> well, the recommendation is 250 milliliters oh, of water, okay. full glass. And that's to make sure the medication gets into your system and gets, it gets flushed uh, into oh, your system. Second of all is that you have to stay upright, whether it's standing oh, yes, or stay sitting. And that's important also to make sure the medication goes through your system properly mm-hmm. as well. Uh, and basically, that's also before food in most cases for these bisphosphonates. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. So the esophagus side effect, though, is the concern around there's been some side effects where there was some, uh, some esophageal cancer. Mm-hmm. And so this is just to make sure the medication gets down to where it is and doesn't stay in the esophagus and it's not there. It doesn't cause that problem. Right. So okay. that's probably maybe what you read. Um, mm-hmm. Again, very rare, not common, but you need to be aware of it and how to take it properly. Yeah, I suppose there's perhaps some, some sort of a test you can have for that uh, to see if there's anything wrong with the esophagus. Uh, your doctor can probably yeah. examine and look, yeah. Um, okay, I just had another question. Um, just want to know what type of calcium is best at liquid, which would be absorbed by the, uh, you know, through the, uh, by the bone quicker? Liquid, powder, uh, pills? Now, I've heard <laughs> once about pills being found in people's stomachs that had not been, that they had not uh, been absorbed by the system. So uh, is there any particular type of calcium that's best to take? You know, the body is very good at breaking down the things that you uh, ingest mm-hmm. and absorbing what it needs. And so uh, whether it's the liquid or a pill, they work about the same in terms of how it works. And uh, ultimately, at the end of the day, it's the one that you best tolerate. That would be the best one. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Well, thanks so much. Okay. You're okay. welcome. Mm, bye now. We're going to Betty in Shelburne. Hi, Betty. Hi. Good, good afternoon. Um, I just wanted to give you my experience. I do have um, osteoarthritis and osteoporosis. Both. And a few years ago, the doctor recommended Fosamax, um, the pill that you would take once a week. Yep. Anyway, I took it, and I ended up almost in the hospital. Um, I was throwing up for over two weeks' time. I thought I was going to die. It made me deadly, deadly sick. So, I mean, that was my experience. What I, what I take now is a fabulous collagen product, um, which I think is, you know, the natural way to go. So maybe people should just, you know, do some research on collagen. Yes. And with the uh, Fosamax, I also ended up with problems with my esophagus. And calcium, too. You know, I, I suggest people read about calcium. Um, it is very dangerous in some respects. So just be really well-informed about calcium and uh, things along those lines. Uh, well, yeah, not, not as Billy was saying, not everyone uh, agrees about well, that calcium really is dangerous. But, uh, uh, Billy, you were also saying there are some new drugs. I mean, you know, it's very possible that if any one particular drug can can be bad for any one particular person, so... Um, yeah, it's clear that that drug was not very good for you, but are, are there are new drugs, Billy, right? Yeah, so there are some new injectable um, uh, osteoporosis uh, drugs as well that are out there, and uh, they also work on that balance between your what gets broken down in your bones and what gets filled back into your bones, um, so there's advantages with those. Typically, those ones are reserved for people with more severe osteoporosis at higher yeah. risk. Um, well, that, I, yeah, I do understand, but you know, I've always believed in that, sure, like getting back to what God gave us. And one thing I'd just like to mention really quick, we live out in the country and we have our septic tank cleaned like every couple of years. 
And the gentleman who cleans it, he was talking one day, and he said, one thing that people don't realize, when they're pumping out the septic tanks, he said, we get so many, um, like, you know, instamunks with everything in there. He said, there's pills. And he said, these are vitamin pills that people take, hard pills that go right through their system. They don't even break down. So he said, you wouldn't believe how many vitamin pills are in our cleanup. So he said... uh, you know, it's always best to take a liquid supplement because then it gets right into your system quickly. Um, well, um, maybe for some people. Thanks for your call, Betty. Yeah, thank you. Okay, we are going to go to Margaret in Kitchener. Hi, Margaret. Oh, hi. We'd like to turn the speaker off. Good. Okie doke. Okay. okay, I didn't think I'd get in. <laughs> um, I've, I've, I've tried everything. And uh, like the, uh, the previous callers, things just make you sick. The only thing that I th- think people should do is weight-bearing, lift weights, walk, press, push, punch. And that's the way nature intended you to keep your bones strong. That is very good advice. <laughs> and also, I, I've had to take a lot of milk of magnesia because I had an operation and I had constipation. And I found with that that my muscles, I've, I've gained muscle uh, thing. I think my bones are stronger. I'm not sure. But um, uh, I, I've never heard of milk of magnesia making your bones stronger. Well, it's, it's a it's the main thing in uh, magnesium tablets. Yeah, it's uh, the uh, so so let Billy answer. So just to clarify a couple of things, completely agree. The natural and when we started the the talk today, yeah. I said the natural way is always the best. So weight bearing exercises, quit smoking, healthy diet, all that stuff always good for you. What we're talking about here is osteoporosis where people actually get the disease, where their body's balance as they age is not normal. It, it's something that puts them at a higher risk, where some, where even the natural ways of doing things is still means that their bones are very brittle. And what we don't want them to do is uh, have a fracture, have a fall, and then have have to go into an institution or have to, and, and possibly even die as well, right? So we're trying to prevent that. So it's a balance between everything, but completely agree. If we're able to manage your bone density uh, with natural products and by through diet and exercise, go for it, right? But you do need to get your checkups, check with your doctor. Yeah, and well, make sure I've had an operation and it left me that I couldn't walk. So I'm walking anyway and I'm pressing and pushing and stretching mm-hmm. and that is believe. That's great. Uh, Billy, I wanted to ask you, apropos of that, can exercise actually reverse Osteoporosis, say if it's mild or just started. It's uh, the, the challenge is that at the end of the day, you're, the, the amount of bone you build, you build that when you're younger, and then as you age, it's very difficult to build stronger, newer, and bigger bones. My understanding is that you can't get more, right? So what you're trying to do is reduce the risk for losing too much. So oh, that, that's good because I did lots of walking when I was <laughs> okay. You know what? Thank you for your call. Um, I'm going to try and. Squeeze in one more call here because we have a lot of people waiting. Uh, Frida and Mississauga, I guess you hung up accidentally before. Uh, in 10 seconds, what's your question? My question is uh, I take pro, uh, Prolia. Yep. And uh, I, I want to know what the, the doctor thinks about that. Okay, quickly, Billy. Prolia is one of these new um, uh, medications. It's injected twice a year. Uh, it works in a completely different way to basically build more. The, the, your bones help to basically get stronger as a result of it. So it works well, but it is really used for when other things don't work as well. So that's usually how that's prescribed. 
Okay. Uh, I'm sorry. We are out of time. Of course, uh, we have our trusted contributors from the Ontario Pharmacists Association here every Thursday. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.